0: Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Ready to Lead. We are so excited to be with you again. So if you're driving, if you're running, if whatever you're doing, tune into something epic today. We're gonna to be talking about a powerful mindset, in our opinion, where everything starts from. It's the foundation of everything. In addition, those pesky questions when you first start leading a team, you're brand new, what do you do for the first day, for the first week, for the first month, whether you're leading peers or you're brand new from an outside company coming in, how do you most effectively lead? This is a very common question, and I hope you're ready to engage with us today. It's going to be amazing. Richard, how are you doing?
1: Man, I'm great. I'm excited about this episode. Uh, I'll tell you, um, when we started working together and really coaching together, when you started coaching me, gosh, three years ago, I guess, somewhere around there, I, I remember our first coaching session, and you said, let's start out with your positive focus. And I was like- and you're like, dude, you're weird. Or- <laughs> Or hear me out. Why don't you help me, Jeff, because I need help. And you're like, no, 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 positive focus. And it was something that that to me, it was like, it was, it was weird. It was like, I, I'm so focused on getting to the solution for whatever problem that I'm experiencing that it was just like, man, can we skip all this woo-woo, like affirmation, <laughs> whatever juju you're trying to put my way and just give me a tactical solution to my problem. Like, why are you making me do this? And I know fast forward, well, before we fast forward, there were several times where it was like, I don't know, man, I don't have anything. Like I'm just hurting. And, and those were the times I think in modeling leadership where you were like, well, I mean, I guess we're going to sit here and we're going to, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out there's something good and we're going to find it. Now, fast forward three years later and we start all of our leadership meetings off with positive focus. We start our, our, our most critical meetings at this company off with positive focus weekly. So I think that's a great kind of entrance into this episode and why I think it's critical we start here. And if you're feeling like, man, this stuff doesn't matter. It's not important. Let's get to that tactical stuff. I'll tell you, it is important. And this coming from that naysayer, like get this woo-woo mindset stuff away from me and let's let's fix some problems. If we don't start with fixing the problem of mindset, then every problem or every is a temporary band-aid and it will become a recurring problem. So, Jeff, let's let's just dive in there and talk about it. Like you've been kind of such a driver of this mindset for me and and, and really the the kicking off with positive focus. Like, where do you think we start this episode? I love it. I love it.
0: It's I, I so love your the realness too. I think a lot of people <laughs> can relate to wait, wait, say what? What what are we doing here? And and, and it can feel very touchy feely and unnecessary when it relates to difficult business problems to solve. Let's get to quote unquote, the real stuff. Let's all that soft stuff. Yeah, no big deal. Here, here's the issue. I want to take people back to back to the future. The second episode when Doc Brown actually starts to create the space time continuum line. And if you remember on that chalkboard if you haven't seen this movie this this might be a little rough but just bear with me he he draws on this chalkboard the space-time continuum and says where we where we've been and where we are and has this line and then he says hey marty when you went back and changed something now there's a new space-time continuum and now there's a different element of time in a different 1985 that's going on and that's when biff has the big tower and it's all crazy right well stay with me. I promise there's relevance here. <laughs> when, when we don't start our our meetings, our thoughts from a place of positivity, we're on a space-time continuum that isn't healthy more often than not because we're thinking about what we're fearful about, frustrated about, and the highest function of our brain is not functioning. And so we're on the bad 1985. What happens when you actually reframe And refocus your brain on the positive, you start to exercise. This is all science, too. That's what I love about it. You start to exercise the higher level functioning of your brain. In other words, the aspects that enable you to problem solve, to learn, to create. So, what you're doing is going from the bad 1985 and you're hacking your brain to get to the good 1985. You're going to a completely different place so that. Wherever your end state is, will be way more powerful versus starting from a place of negativity. What you're trying to solve from a place of negativity won't get you to a
1: higher function. So
0: let me let me break it down a little bit.
1: Yeah, that was so. That last part was just so good. I wanna I want you to dive in because I, I think 19 late 80s uh, early 90s movies references aside, that that last part that you, I mean, you just. Cruise through it because this is second nature to you. But break that down for a second, because that that is that is why this is important.
0: Okay, I I will. When you're left alone to your thoughts, we are wired as humans to be thinking more in the survival state, which is really owned at the brainstem. It's the it's the core of our brain. It's the oldest part of our brain. That's safety. That's fight or flight. That was developed when. There were saber-toothed tigers, tigers chasing after us to kill us. Super helpful way back in the day. But today, when we're in that place of frustration and trying to survive, it isn't the highest level function of our brain. And so when we try to solve problems from that ancient part of our brain, we don't get great outcomes. And we stay in this vicious cycle. Contrast that to the prefrontal, pre, prefrontal lobes the very uh, front of our brain that has the executives of thinking that's the, the state of our brain that is responsible for problem solving for learning for creating for adapting i don't know say leadership right? i mean that is leadership we're always problem solving we're always trying to create and so when we intentionally engage that part of our brain we hack ourselves to a higher level to get to a much deeper, better outcome. In other words, the better 1985 versus staying on that other darker 1985 because we're in that place of fear. And we just don't create something great when we're thinking scarcity, when we're thinking survival, when we're thinking people are idiots, all of those things that happen when we're trying to survive. And that's why when I when I have any meeting, I say, let let's actually hack our brain and let's engage the front part of our brain that's all about problem solving and learning and creating and serving and giving so that we can get to a much better outcome and every time i do it the outcome is better now people will say how would you know well because i've seen biffs and i've seen what what else can what else can happen when i don't and those meetings when we don't just put aside the negativity and the stress the outcome has more negativity and more stress versus, versus not. So yeah. hopefully that helped a bit. What, what other parts do you think we need to touch on here, Richard?
1: So, so here's what I'd say. Let me just tell you how that this shows up in me. Okay. And, and just being totally on. Cause you hit a couple of things that I was like, Oh, ow. Yes. I will. I know that my mindset is, is off. If I can make a laundry list of everything that has gone wrong or happened, and mm. if it just flows out, or if I start thinking like, and this person did this, and why wouldn't you just do it this way? All of that is, is it's a protection mechanism, right? It, it goes back to that fight or flight, we're protecting ourselves. Well, leadership is not about protecting yourself, right? Leadership is about growing others, aligning others, driving individuals as a unit and, and building a cohesive team to be aligned and drive the company's initiatives. So if you put self first, then none of that works. And when when that shows up in me, I know because when I'm having conversations and I'm sure Jeff's smiling, I'm trying not to look him in the eyes right now because I, I I'm, I'm sure there have been a coaching session or two that was just the first 20 minutes to 40 minutes of me listing out everything that's gone wrong and every person that failed to lead up to my expectations that may or may not have been clearly communicated. So if <laughs> if any of this sounds familiar, right? If you're going like, "Damn, I do that." Then good news, what I what I think what I'm going to ask Jeff to do next is go into like, now if we understand the science behind kind of the problem, we understand the need for mindset, what is a simple exercise that we can go through to to kind of realign or snap and and get that that mindset on the right direction so that we can uh, not operate out of a place of self protection or fear but operate out of a place of of power and strategic alignment and and really get into that problem solving mode versus that personal protection and safety mode so jeff if you could break down kind of your your pre meeting exercise for yeah. for getting that mindset right you bet there's two levels the first
0: level is is a little easier and it is just in general what are you grateful for today Simple, anything in life. And that typically is a little easier for teams to do versus the second level. But it still is helpful, still is powerful, still, still engages the, the most important parts of your brain when it comes to what you need to do in this meeting of creating, problem solving, learning, growing. And so that can be anything. So if I were to do it right now, what am I grateful for in my life? I just summited a, a 14,000 uh, foot glacial mountain in, in Wyoming with my 18 year old son, with ice hammers and 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 crampons, and we survived and it was epic. It was one of the greatest life experiences we've had and it was amazing. See, just sharing that, it relives for me how how fun that was for me. I see the images, I see the glacier, I see the goodness. And what do, what do I do? I forget those things that are stressing me. So that's something in general in life, that's level one. Level two, and I prefer this level in business actually. I asked the question, what is something in your business that you're excited about or grateful for? See, what what happens there is, as you said, Richard, in our business, we have a tendency to see what's not going well, (laughs) because there's lots of things that aren't going well in every business on the planet. And because we're so intimately connected to them, that's all we can see sometimes. It's just how the human nature, our human brain works. It's our human nature. So I like to specify and say, what is something in the business that you're excited about or grateful for? And here's the key, specificity. It's not just, oh, I'm grateful for my team. Oh, I'm glad that we hit that sales number yesterday. Oh, I'm glad we retained such and such big client. it's, It's getting really clear and specific, adding detail to it. The more that you do, the more you paint the visual image and it starts to evoke emotion, which releases oxytocin, which releases serotonin, which re- releases good stuff in the brain that then fuels you to solve the big problems that are coming in the meeting. So that's level two. I, I recommend that. Again, that question is, what in the business are you excited about or grateful for right now? And, and give people some space and time to think. Some can do it right away. Someone needs a little bit. And if someone gives the fun cop out of, oh, I just can't think of anything just smile and say, great, we'll, we'll wait. Cause there's gotta be something you can do it. You got this and just we'll come of play to with it. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's, so that's what we do. Yeah, no cop-outs yeah. And, and you push back, right? You push back and I'll tell you, we do it a little, we do kind of both. So oftentimes one of my go-to statements is never in lieu of always in addition to. So when we start our leadership meeting, Every week here, the opening agenda item is positive focus. So we go in and say, give me something in your personal and professional life, not or that you're excited about or grateful for. So for me, you know, if I were going right now, what I'd say is two things. One, I got to uh, send my, uh, send, I I was able to take my youngest daughter (laughs) to camp for the first time ever, a week stay, like a week long away from home, overnight camp. Not only am I grateful for the opportunity for her as a parent, as a leader at home, to to be able to usher, have the opportunity to usher through a time of, of fear and anxiety and and growth. That is amazing. That's, that's an experience that that I am just so grateful for being a part of. I know when she comes back, that having overcome and achieved that growth is going to be just a Epic monumental moment for her at eight years old. So I'm really, really excited about that. And then in the business, we did our our strategic planning for next quarter last week. And I tend to focus on the opportunity, not the success. Right. I, I tend to focus on where we could have done better, not where we where we didn't. And it's something that that I have to constantly anchor myself back to and, and challenge myself to to focus on those things that that went well, not just the things we could have done better. And that's in all aspects of my life. And as we enter into into our our quarterly planning, one of the things we do is every every quarter we do business with the past. We list every good thing that happened and every bad thing that happened. So again, like almost an extended positive, because you know we believe that both success and failure are are, are temporary. So if you don't do business with the past, you can carry the feeling of of success over into a time where maybe you're not achieving it, or you can carry this, the feeling of, of failure over and manifest that failure. But after doing that and going through, I didn't think that we were going to be on track with our three year plan. We had a just a rough quarter and everybody felt it. And you saw the room change after kind of the second session where we went in and ran some of the numbers and realized that it's not even that big of a of a stretch to make up the ground we lost. In fact, we could actually end this quarter ahead of schedule, even though we ended the last quarter behind. So mm-hmm. positive focus is just. Building a team that truly owns not only the role, but the humility and the vulnerability and showing up and saying what needs to be true, what needs to be done in order for this. I think those would be my two areas of positive awesome. focus personally and professionally. And just saying that like, I'm ready, let's go. And for me, I think the two are important because why work this hard? My why is both I have a personal and professional why and, and you know, the personal side, if 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 that's not there, if if I'm not doing this to make this better at home, for for the people that I'm charged to lead there, in both places, there has to be that alignment. So the 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 home life and the the amazing things there fuel me to do more things here, and the success here enables me to fill the tank here, and it becomes this self-filling energy. So yeah. for both of those, I mean, I'm ready to
0: go. <laughs> it's great. Therein lies the power. And a lot of people ask questions. So like, all right, I'm leading this team. Do I start it? How long is it? And here, here are some of the answers to those. I do, I do believe the leader it's powerful when the leader starts, show some vulnerability first and, and go as deep as you want to go and as specific as you want to go. Um, I think that's healthy. I also, if you have a 45 minute meeting, if you're not careful, if you have eight, 10 people in the meeting. That could be a 30-minute a exercise. I don't recommend that because especially those that are much more achievement-oriented will feel like it's a complete waste of time. Those of you that are listening are nodding and laughing, saying, yeah, that, 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 you, you know what I'm talking about. So I would recommend about five minutes. If you've got five people or so, 30 seconds apiece, roughly. You know, and sometimes if something super exciting and they want to go a little longer, great. You, you can monitor that as a leader. But when it goes too much time, if it goes more than 10% of the meeting's time, it can be a little tough for people to feel like they're, they're trying to get traction. The only caveat I would add is when the team needs healing. When the team hasn't either been together for a while or where there's some, some breakages of trust and connection of, with people, then letting that go a little bit longer so people can get to know the, the more personal side and or the inner thinkings of your team members that creates a, a bond of trust that will enable a, a stronger outcome as well. Which, by the way, is a podcast subject for another time as well. As far as <laughs> just a as small far one, as that trust as a team, yeah, significantly. So, hopefully, those 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 questions and that, that those points help. But I'm I'm telling you, um, the outcomes that we achieve as a team and the results that we create are significantly more effective more enduring more meaningful more valuable when we have the discipline to discipline our mind right at the beginning to focus on the positive to leverage the science that is out there the biological science the psychological science everything that's going on physiologically as well to make sure that the best versions of ourselves are in that room or on that zoom call to make sure that meeting
1: is super effective and super powerful Mm. Yeah, and I'll tell you, this podcast is is ready to lead, right? The the and whatever that means to you, right? The hope is that this gives you the spark, the 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 inspiration, the 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 tactics, but also just the the drive to be able to lead wherever you're called to lead. So this positive focus, this mindset, is not just a when you're at work. This is how you lead. This is one of my favorite things to take home. So when when we're around the dinner table, we have a ritual of starting our meals. First with prayer, but that's our thing. Mm-hmm. Next, we go into a, a question where everyone goes. And we said, what was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? What did you learn? And who did you help? Now, we do that for awesome. a couple of reasons. One, we got to do business with the past. Just like at a, as a leadership team, like we've got to acknowledge the positive things that happened in our day. And, and we don't let anyone at the table go without answering the questions. And, and I'll tell you, it's really hard the first time. It's <laughs> it's chunky uh, for the next couple, but eventually you go through your day looking for these things. So part of it is is programming, right? We're programming each our, ourselves to look for the positive, but also to celebrate the negative, but celebrate it as a learning opportunity. And then for us mm-hmm. uh, at home, one of the things we wanna do is always help others right being being selfless isn't thinking of yourself less it's thinking of others more so how do you program this but how do you take this concept this mindset just showing up from a powerful place in all aspects of your life like don't just hear this is what i do at work right take yeah. this to wherever you're charged or called to lead whether it's a whether it comes with a title or not so i love that that, that would be my challenge to to anyone listening uh today is is how can you apply this this mindset in yourself, but also teach it, apply it to others uh, because that's what makes us better. Great, I love that, love that.
0: Well, why don't we segue now into how do we take a great mindset into, how do I start leading a team? Oh, Maybe I've led before, but I have a new team. Or maybe this is my first time leading and I have a new team. Or maybe I have led before, but now I'm leading the peers that I used to be a part of. How do I, I that want to begin tough. that? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've experienced each of those and have, have failed miserably at times and have, have succeeded as well. So we'll share some, some great lessons learned and some tangible practices that you can implement now to help you feel much more ready to lead. See what I did there? But the more that we Sneak. can do that and the more that you can come away from this podcast with actionable insights and ways that you can apply great leadership the better this isn't just about listening and feeling good it's about doing it's about acting it's implementing because as we implement that's where we exercise our agency to be better versus just listening and sitting because we're a little scared or a little new or a little insecure no need to any of that let's push that aside and move forward i love it so richard okay uh, let me ask you a question go ahead when, when you are tasked and or asked to lead a team, what's the best practice? What are the better, better practices to do when you start day one? What, what should a leader do? What should they be looking at?
1: So I like to, uh, I do like to look at kind of first week or first day, first week, first month, right? And for me, the first day is critical. And and here's where I, uh, I know I've failed in the past. In the past, let me
0: break, let me break in real fast.
1: Okay, yeah. Do
0: you actually
1: like write
0: a list down? Or like, do you have a, do you have something in your mind? Do you have a piece of paper saying, okay, on the first day I want to do X, on the first week I want to do Y, on the first month I want to do Z. Or Z depending on what part of the world you're in. Uh, do you have something written written, or, or is it just kind of something in your head? What What have you found for you me? It's a, it's
1: it's an accomplishment, right? It's it's less do and more accomplish, and mm-hmm. it's something that that after this episode, we'll have a, a resource that is written now because I feel foolish in answering that question. And no, it's it is something that I have just. Um, put together mentally after failing a lot. Success right. is a horrible teacher. So I look back in all the times that I failed and, and then the times where I accidentally succeeded and said, <laughs> what, what did I do different here? Because mm-hmm. normally I'm just a walking train wreck and this time, <laughs> this time, I don't know, I accidentally did it right and, and acknowledging those. So for me, it, it has become something that isn't written but will be very as recently as probably before this podcast episode airs. But for me, the first day, Right. The first day is, is, is all about introductions and, and information. Right. So I want to make sure that I lead first and, and kind of the where I was going with the mistake that I made early in my career when I was young and, and both young in age and young in experience and, and, and leadership reps. Um, I thought that that first day of, of, of leading a new team was all about authority and power. Hmm. And making sure that everyone knew that I was in charge and, or the kind of the second progression of that was like, I was here to fix all the mistakes of the past. So two, two problems there showing up either one, this, just, just this oppressive force where I'm a dictator and it's all going to be my way or not. Just, it's not prison. You don't need to go in and, and beat up the biggest guy to prove that, that you have, Mm -hmm. you're strong. And then the next time, there was just an arrogance and an extreme lack of humility and assuming that there were no smart ideas or capable leadership before I was here. And now that I'm here, it's okay that everything is better. So I think back on those things and say, again, something Jeff taught me is, what do people need to know, think, and feel? So the first day, what are people probably thinking? Well, they're probably nervous. Like, who is this person that now has my career in their hands? Are they going to... What are they going to change? Um, you know, great. What do I have to do differently? How's my workday going to change? How's my workload going to get worse? So I try to lead in with uh, an introduction that is that, that shares less about my professional resume and more about my goals. Like, here's who I am. I've been you. I know what you're probably thinking. and And then I will move into more asking about them than talking about me, All right? Period. And, and I'll usually submit some type of team member profile that is full of, of questions that are easy to answer, but give me some insights. Mm-hmm. Things like, what's your favorite candy bar? What's your favorite snack? What's your favorite restaurant? What's your favorite beverage? Non-alcoholic. What's your favorite beverage? Alcoholic. What's your favorite sports team? Do you have a pet? If so, how many? What kind? What are their names? Do you have a partner, spouse, or significant other? When's your anniversary? Do you have children? I want to start to ask questions because I want to get to know them. And on the surface level, also, I put those those responses in, in a file. And anytime I see someone and, and I want to look at recognition or reward, maybe Jeff's favorite thing in the world is, I don't know, ice cream. Say, for example, and Jeff <laughs> Jeff just does something that is is great. It's great. It's Even if it's his job, man, he showed up in a powerful way. Well, maybe I just go at lunch and grab Jeff a couple scoops of ice cream or a gift card to his favorite ice cream shop because I know that. And I write a little note and I say, hey, Jeff, great job on this. It was really cool how you did this. Get a little treat on me. How's Jeff going to feel? He's going to feel known. He's going (laughs) to feel appreciated. He's going to feel very excited because Jeff loves ice cream in a way that I don't know that I've ever seen. But if I don't begin to know people, then I'll never know how to do those little things that makes them feel known, makes them feel appreciated as an individual, not just... I mean, what if I laid a $5 bill down? The difference between a $5 ice cream gift certificate or a $5 couple of scoops of ice cream or just a cold $5 bill... One is almost an insult. The other is, is, is both an acknowledgement, a reward, and, and proof that I know who Jeff is as an individual. So I think about how that moment needs to show up at some point for every person I'm leading. And I see day one as my job to figure out when these people do something really cool, how can I get them something that shows that they are known? I have to know them. So that's, for me, day one, they need to know me, but it, it needs to be about 10% about me and about 90% about them in, in day one. So for me, Love it's it. all about that. Uh, so day one, what about the people.
0: Well, I, I, Anything I, I different? just hear No, I, I, hear, I hear you, and I just want to reiterate, day one, it's about the people. And you, you mentioned something important, a 90-10 ratio, Shared 10% you, 90% around, about the tactically how do you do that? What's, what's the best way, uh, most effective way? Depends on if you're a virtual team, if you're a face-to-face team, right? There's different ways to do to do that. Typically as a leader, I like to ask safe questions of the team of just like like you mentioned, where are you from? What, what are your interests? What are your hobbies? Uh, what do you love most about your, this job? What's, what's frustrating about the job? I like to ask those types of things and then specific interests, like you mentioned, Richard, I think those are great. So I'll kind of start with them. Some teams I've started where I say, I'll share just a little bit about me, but I really want to get to know more about you. So I'll be vulnerable with my, about myself first. So they can kind of get to know that I am open. I am personable. It's not just about old school. We're here to do business and not talk about anything personal. I like to set the tone. It's like, no, I'm here as the whole person just are, just are you. And so I share kind of how long I've been married and with my kids what my interests are, that I do love to surf, that I do like to accomplish crazy things like summit a mountain, like I just mentioned earlier, and just kind of get to know a window into them. I also share some weaknesses, not in an oversharing way, but if I'm not careful, if I share all the things that I like, all of a sudden I'm putting off this facade that I'm perfect and I'm, and I'm just not. And it's okay that I'm not, and I kind of like that I'm not. I like the joy of learning and growing and, le- and, and failing. So that right from the get-go, I can set the precedent that failing is fun and is something we can celebrate and we can learn from versus, man, I, I've got to be perfect around this person. So those are little, little lessons learned from the past that, that I, I have learned the hard way. Because there have been times where before, I either, A, didn't share much about myself because I was so focused about that. Or B, what I did share about myself, felt too cookie cutter perfect it yeah. felt boy that's too, a great point scripted yeah it just it was and it didn't connect it didn't resonate with people and all of a sudden i was this corporate dude from the outside coming in and They're like who is this guy like he's just way too polished for example i came in from a fortune 10 company where we wore suits and ties every day yeah you heard me correctly even in the blazing hot sun a dark suit and tie i wore every single day and i came into a more entrepreneurial environment and i still i didn't wear a suit and tie but i wore it dress slacks and a button up shirt and sometimes a tie and it was just so so not the vibe it was just not the culture and and so i came across way too polished way too professional and impersonal impersonal and it just was not very helpful and it took me a bit to finally realize i was the issue why were people not connecting dude drop
1: the corporate stick and just be human mm, i had to learn be that. human that's it. I mean, I'll tell you what I just heard is a future episode where we're <laughs> going to kind of talk about the the new relationship between manager and team member. Because we there was a time where fraternization was, and, and I don't even mean of the romantic kind, just any type of like personal friendship, relationship or acknowledgement of a life outside of, that's not a thing anymore however it can go a little too loose in my mind so i see us talking talking through that but but i'll tell you i love everything you said jeff and and i think for depending on on which generation you grew up in for me growing up in a in a generation where i didn't really see my parents as fallible or or see their failures it was very much a like we are perfect we make the best decisions and that was just yeah not my parents being arrogant, I think that was just kind of how it was then. And, and I know the anxiety and the um, kind of unspoken, I guess, expectations that I felt because of that and thinking about how that would apply in leadership, like you're, you're unapproachable, you hide your failures and your mistakes not only because of fear of retribution but because of fear of just not measuring up so i think that is critical like showing up as that first day and making sure that they know who you are um, and that they know that you've kind of failed your way to where you are not meaning that it's a a less than desirable solution but meaning that failure is part of everyone's path and organizational hierarchy is a thing and, and you're there and they're reporting to you so it means that you don't have to be perfect to succeed in this company. I think that's a great thing to to come in. But it is important that whatever your management or leadership style is, and there, there are two totally different things there, management and leadership, that you start to communicate that. Here's kind of my thing. if you're If you're not a my door's always open kind of person, then you better make sure that no one expects that. So day one is all about really getting to know each and, and really setting that human aspect. For me, the first week, something Jeff said, I, I look at that first day as critical and and I can get ahead of myself if I feel like, well, I know that Jeff's favorite candy bar is a Kit Kat. And I know this favorite, this person has a has a chihuahua named Sparky. And I know that this person's here. I know everything about this team. Time to move on in the business. So I give myself that entire first day. Then by the end of the first week, I want to do a, a keep start stop. So it, I just I'll send out another either form or have a have a meeting with people. I like giving people time to fill things out on their own and then discuss them either as a group or one on one. But keep start stop. What should we keep doing or do more of something that's working, something that that maybe isn't getting the attention that it needs? What should we start doing? Something that that you or multiple people on the team believe needs to happen, but just hasn't been greenlit. And what should we stop doing now? So what's something that either it takes too much time, isn't having the the um, desired effect, like the reason something was greenlit, or just is bad for the company, the customer, or the team? Like let's yeah. get a list of those things. Now, or it now, used
0: to work and now it doesn't work
1: anymore, stuff like that. Right? right. Yeah, right. stuff that we do because we've always done it, but no one really mm-hmm. knows why we started doing it or if right. we should still do it because we don't know if it's working. Like there's a lot of that. When you start to frame things in this way, like what should we keep doing? What should we start doing? What should we stop doing? You're not saying we're going to. You're saying I just want you to be heard. Yeah. Now, your job as a as a manager or as a leader, after you get that information, is to attack it with curiosity, right? To to figure out why do you, why do you like why why should we do more of this? What's working? Like, tell me. And and lead people into starting to present a business case. Right. This is a a way for you to start giving them subtle lessons in leadership. If they say, well, this is what I think we should do more of. Great. Why? What stats are you using? Like, how is that affecting the overall company goals this quarter, this year, this season? Like, oh, okay, great. What would happen if you had more resources? What would you think would happen here? What results would you receive? How much greater would the, the output be? So you're starting to to ask them leading questions to teach them how to better present business cases. And that's gonna help the company, that's gonna help the team, that's gonna help their career progression. In the same way, the the start doing, same thing. If we were to do this, how much time do you think it would take? Mm -hmm. What additional resources, what couldn't be done? And what do you think the result would be? We're starting to teach them business case. Now here's the big one, and this is the hard one and the one that a lot of managers miss, because they don't want to be unliked or unpopular. They want to go out and, and kind of almost prove their worth or value or allegiance to the team by, by removing something that they don't want to do. That's kind of our natural tendency when we look at that stop list. So your role when looking at that stop list is clarity. Sometimes when you look at that list, there are things that are uncomfortable for the team to do but are critical for the company or the customer. Now that sucks as a new leader, <laughs> because you get to say, not only are we you know going to keep doing that, we may have to double down and do more of it. So your role there is to figure out why it's uncomfortable. Is there uh, no documented process? Is there no tool or automation being used or mm-hmm. is the bandwidth low? Are there other things that you could stop doing that would give more bandwidth for this, but, the the most critical part is that stop list. So by the end of the week on week 1, I want to know about everyone, uh, I want to know have them know a little bit about me and my leadership and management style, and I want to know a keep start stop list of what everyone on the team thinks that we should we should focus on start doing and stop doing. Those are those are kind of the critical first, you know, 5 days of of leading any team, no matter if it's your first time leading or you're leading peers, or you're brand new to an organization leading people you've never met before. Like that's the first week in a nutshell for me. Love it. One thing I would add to the
0: first week is your rhythm. You, you, and in my opinion, it's important to just start the rhythm of when am I going to be doing what? When will I have weekly one-on-ones with my team? When will I have the weekly meeting? When will I review different dashboards and stats just to kind of get into a cadence? Because leadership can feel so sporadic and so, man, I am fighting fires and I'm getting pulled here and getting pulled there. And if you're not careful, if you don't discipline how you're going to manage time, time will manage you. And you will just get sucked into so many different areas of the business. And you'll feel like you're always treading water. You'll feel like you can't really breathe. You'll feel like, man, I'm not really making any traction. So I believe it's important to be more intentional about when you want to do what and and so i would i would keep these things in mind set a daily schedule when are you going to block time out with people with preparation with proactive measures so setting that daily when you want to do certain things then setting weekly recurring one-on-ones weekly meetings and so forth. And then I look at for a monthly recurring, when do I do a team building activity and exercise to make sure trust is strong? But I'll do that within the first week so that I'll know, okay, daily, here's kind of my rhythm. Weekly, here's my rhythm. And monthly, here are a few things that I'm going to do as well so that consistency can continue. What I've learned about human beings is we like consistency. Now, there are some that say, don't tether me down, don't, don't pigeonhole me I'm not talking about you structure every minute of every day for some, for everybody, especially creative people do not do that. But even creative people like to have consistency in a way to where they know some semblance of expectations and what to be prepared for so that we can know how to succeed. If it's just fly by the seat of your pants all day, every day, you won't feel success as much as you could. You won't feel traction and your team will be a little bit misguided and they won't feel the win of momentum because everything you're building is that, as that leader is momentum. And that comes from discipline, consistency in that rhythm to start up. And that will, that will ebb and flow. Every personality is a little bit different. Some are very structured. Some are not structured. And I would, a good rule of thumb is avoid the extremes in any situation. If you're so structured that you can't even breathe in a certain way or go to the bathroom a certain time, careful. And if you're so loose that you, no one ever knows what to expect, neither of those are very healthy. Find a happy medium in your rhythm.
1: It'll help lead yeah. people in a place of consistency. That's great. Okay. So here's what I heard first, first day seek, you know, to understand, seek to know, like they should know you, you should know them more on a personal yeah. than first week. What we're looking to do is feel heard. Like you need, mm-hmm. They need to feel heard What and you mm-hmm. to understand a little bit of what they're thinking about in their role professionally uh, and also set expectations for what the average day, week, month looks like. So how many times mm-hmm. are we going to meet as a team? How many times are we going to meet one-on-one and, and get those set? Now, for me, the, the rest of the month is all about professional alignment. So I'm going to go in and, and I want to sit with everyone and say, like, let's look at your job description. You tell me if you think that this accurately represents what you do. How are you and, and, and how are you measured? What are your areas of critical ownership and accountability? Like, what are you responsible for? How are you measured? Let's get alignment there and make sure that not only is it accurate up to date, they agree with it and that I understand how what they do anchors back to the success of the of the the team, the org, but also of the success of the company as a whole. If that's I don't beautiful. understand it, then I can't give clarity to them. Now, a lot of the times the job descriptions get written and when and and people get hired and they sign documents and and even good managers may never look at that job description again. It just it's whirlwind. <laughs> Stuff happens, but but that's that's super dangerous. You're going to hear me specifically talk a lot about alignment. Like your job is to make sure that individuals are aligned as a team and teams and roles are aligned with the goals and the success of the company. That's a lot of alignment. So, if a if a team member thinks that their job is one thing and you think that it's something else, then they're going to think they're crushing it, you're going to think they're sucking, and you're going to be misaligned from go. So, we've got to seek to to not only get that alignment, but make sure that everyone knows what they're doing. You agree that's what they should be doing. It's how they should be uh, graded in their professional life. Like, are they are they owning and successfully driving the role or not? Like that to me is critical. Totally. So to me,
0: to me, Richard, that's a segue to our next episode. Oh, goodness. because because there is, I think that was the best teaser you could have given. Because there, what you shared, it opened up a whole bunch of questions for me and any other leader, I believe. Like, okay, how do I make sure then that there's clarity and that everybody knows what winning looks like? We call that the three keys to winning. It'll be a it'll be a micro episode, super quick, but super powerful and effective. You you'll want to hear that as it comes. So just kind of check check yourself and say, do does everyone on my team know what winning looks like for them? Do they know how to show up? Do they, are we on the same page? And have we created that
1: clarity and alignment? So critical. I love it. That's great. OK, so that's the next episode. But wait, before you go, before you go to the next episode, we want to know how we're doing. We want to hear from you. If you have any questions we can answer or topics you'd like for us to, to tackle. Ideas for the show are just general feedback for us. Um, especially if it's positive about me or negative about, we want to hear, I'm I'm joking, (laughs) any feedback, we want to hear it. So if you have anything that we can help with or anything you think could make uh, this podcast better, send us an email to feedback at readytolead.com. We will read it and do our best uh, to reply and see how we can help you become ready to lead. So that's it for this episode. Don't miss next episode where Jeff is going to break down. What are you breaking down again, Jeff? The three keys to winning the three keys to winning. Okay, that's it. We will see you on the next episode. See you, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at ready to Thanks again for tuning into this episode.
1: We'll see you on the next one.